Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with yet another Tim May podcast. And I am quite pleased and honored to be joined in the cockpit for this uh, flight by a fellow I've been wanting to hook up with for a while now named Tom Levenick. Tom Levenick, uh, I would, Tom, you weren't really, I wouldn't call you a superstar back in the day when you played for Ohio State, but you were definitely a player for Ohio State back in the late 70s, uh, the turn of the, and the turn of the next decade. But, uh, you know, welcome, by the way, to the Tim May Podcast. Well, I appreciate it very much. And uh, yeah, I wasn't a superstar, but I got my, uh, I got my Buckeye leaves and played quite a bit. And it was an experience of a lifetime. Exactly. That's what we're going to get into because uh, you've turned that experience in a lifetime. Uh, you're in the process of turning it into in a series of books, but definitely you've got one, one out there uh, already. And just explain to people what, what inspired you to write about those 1978, 79, and 80 and what 81 Buckeyes or yeah. Do I have the years right? I think I do. Right. You, yeah. you transcended Woody Hayes to Earl Bruce and just why, why did you, why did you feel compelled to, to take time from your major full-time jobs to sit down and do what is a full-time job and document those times and places and what it meant to you? Well, um, number one, Tim, it was an experience of a lifetime, but as I went on in life, um, I had a couple of occurrences, and I graduated in journalism from Ohio State. I had been told I was going to play in the NFL, and then I blew up my knee so bad I couldn't play again. Uh, and I got my degree in journalism, and I, I started doing a lot of writing. But as I moved around on business in my career, um, I wasn't really utilizing my journalism degree too much. So I started writing for a local website called The Buckeye Grove, and I'd write a column about three days a week. Um, and a, a business associate of mine, which is an entirely different story, but he had written a book or two on business and he happened to be an Ohio State graduate. And he said, Tom, I've read some of the things that you've been writing on the Buckeye Grove and uh, bottom line is he says, you've got some really great stuff there. If you would continue this, he said, I think you've already got a book on your hand. And he introduced me to his literary, literary agent and I, you know, I began kind of working on this, but I wasn't quite sure where this was going to take me. I kept writing my weekly columns and things. And then all of a sudden, Tim, I came down with, uh, with brain cancer and I'm living in Philadelphia at the time. And, you know, I had a major brain surgery, you know, and, and after five hours of brain surgery in Philadelphia, I wake up and I'm, I'm in intensive care. They're getting ready to take me to a room and I'm, I'm groggy from anesthesia. And I, I kind of come to a little bit and there are four of my Buckeye teammates standing at my bedside. I didn't tell them. I, I, my family were the only ones that knew they heard about it and by God, they're going to be there for their Buckeye brother. And that really turned the ties for me writing this book because there's so many other compelling stories out there about our brotherhood that I wanted to share some of those. And that's where the title Buckeyes for Life came from. Where did, where, who were the four, who were the four hovering over you? It was uh, Doug Donnelly, Tim Burke, Mike Polinuk, and uh, oh, and uh, Calvin Murray. Calvin Murray. Yeah, I've had yeah. Doug Donnelly on my podcast before. As you well know, he's one of the he's one of those 
he's one of those great guys you you met definitely in your time at Ohio State, and I've met uh, since then. But uh, oh, sure. yeah, that just cemented. I mean, it, it's crazy to think that you know in this age, especially in this age where name is likeness is going on, guys are transferring into transfer portal when things don't go exactly right. You guys were basically bound to be brothers whether you liked it or not. You know, when you first signed with Ohio State, there was no transferring unless you just went off on the deep end and wanted to sit out a year or two. But, uh, you know, it, it is it is it still stunning to you this day that it, that is transcended into a way of life? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I came from a real Big Ten background. My, my dad, my uncle, and my cousin in that order all played for the Wisconsin Badgers. And then my dad graduated from metallurgical engineering and moves to Illinois to work for Caterpillar and raises his family in Illinois. My brother was All-American, All-Big Ten, captain of the team at Illinois. I got friends in Notre Dame, friends at, you know, Texas and, and uh, USC, and, and they don't have this brotherhood that we do. They, they just do not have it. It's not the same. And I've talked to it, and there's a lot in the second book about this. I've talked to the folks like Archie Griffin and different people that are part of the brotherhood on, you know, what are the elements that really drive that? And, and it's, it's something pretty special. So, yeah, you know, it's funny. I had Rex Kern on before Christmas and uh, talking about the book that, uh, you know, that he, he authored or at least, you know, was ghostwritten yeah. for him, I'm, I'm sure. But he was just he was stunned by he was stunned by the reception for it. But he also was more stunned by every every story he thought of, you know, a week later or 10 minutes later, he thought of another one that was just so special. And you'd almost put them aside in your memory bank. And, you know, I, yeah. you and I talked about this before. Uh, that's kind of the way it was with you, right? One, one story led to another, led to another, led to an, uh, led, led to relationships that you didn't, you may, might not have even known existed among some of your teammates and stuff. But just explain to people, you know, what it was like sitting down and putting memories to, uh, putting memories to paper or to, uh, excuse me, uh, digital uh, memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, no, it, it has been incredible. And, and as I've kind of shared my stories, more have come to me that have blown me away. You know, uh, if you remember John Brockington, the great running back for the Green Bay Packers, you know, I had this Wisconsin background, so I grew up rooting for him as a kid. I didn't know that he was a Buckeye. I didn't know he played on the 68 National Championship team. But then I'm on the, I'm on the board of directors for the Varsity Alumni Association and Ron Masejowski comes to me and he says, hey, Tom, I hate to tell you this, but Brock's got kidney cancer. Uh, and he said, Tom, I know you've got all the contacts and you're kind of the go-to guy. If I write a letter to the former players about Brock with kidney cancer, would you send it out to everybody? I said, sure, I'd be glad to. And I got like a database of about 500 former players. And uh, actually, it's about 450. But uh, Mace writes this letter. And Tim, I can remember it like it was yesterday. It was, it was, dear Buckeye brothers and sisters, I regret to have, I regret to have to tell you that our Buckeye brother, John Brockington, has contracted kidney cancer, and he is at the University of California San Diego Cancer Hospital. If any of you would be so noble and and honorable to want to donate a kidney for John Brockington's kidney replacement, could you please contact this lady at the University of California, San Diego Cancer Hospital? You'll have to take an academic test, but a battery of medical tests to see if you're a match. But again, if you would be so honorable and noble to want to donate to Kitty for John Brockington, please contact this, this lady. And about two weeks later, Tim, Mace gets a call from this lady at the University of California, San Diego Cancer Hospital and said, would you please cease and desist? We have had over 250 offers to donate a kidney for John Brockington. No way. Wow. And, and it's who we are. 
Hey, that's much better than four guys showing up on my bedside. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, but it's just, there's just so many of them out there. It's just for somebody sharing, sharing interest from a test or something. <laughs> Back yeah, in you're the right. yeah, yeah. But, you're uh, right. Did uh do you did 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 they end up getting a match uh with those guys? Tom? Yeah, you know, you know who the match was, it ended up being his wife, Diane. Well, there you did go. The and then that's another part on this second book is that I found out that so many of the spouses had these experiences within the brotherhood or they've observed them. And my wife Terry has, and we decided, okay, we're gonna do we're gonna do a section in here called Family Matters. And we're talking to the family members about what it's like you know, having a Buckeye brother in your family. And so we've talked to Diane Brackington. We've talked to Carolyn White, Jan White's wife. We've talked to Benita Griffin. Well, one of the ones that I thought was really cool is we talked to Cheryl Kumaro Bosa and she went to Ohio State when I did. Her brother was Eric Kumaro, all yeah. big 10. Then she marries John Bosa, who's Eric's teammate at the Miami Dolphins. And she has Joey and Nikki Bosa, you know? And so you got, you got the mom, the brother, the two kids, you know, yeah. and, it, it, so to hear those that passion all those family stories is really incredible. It's oh. stories that haven't seen the light of day. Talk about intertwining. That's definitely one of them, man. It's great. You know, another story you tell about your, your wife, Terry, when you introduced her or took her to uh, what a captain's practice. I can't remember what it was, but uh, you had several former players show up and welcome her. Tell, tell people that story about welcoming her to the brotherhood or whatever you want, you know, everywhere you want to yeah. put it. Three different people in a row, unsolicited by me or them. You know, we were at the varsity O room at the stadium for a game, and and Cornelius Green comes up and puts his arms around Terry and says, "Welcome to the family." And uh, when he could do so, and this brings a cheer to my eye, but when he could do so, uh, William White did the same thing. So did Vaughn Broadneck. So did Archie Griffin, and just powerful stuff. Yeah, and you know. <coughs> Terry's been a part to, to see what that's all about. And, and it's, uh, it's pretty special. It is, it's, and, you know, I, I, I've told those stories about that. It doesn't exist other places. Well, the ones I know of that it doesn't, but you know, my brother is the most valuable player in Illinois played in the NFL. And, and he went on to become the CEO at Caterpillar, which made my dad awful proud that he worked there 33 years and his son's not a CEO, but he's since retired, but he had complete open heart surgery. And I was there for him. I flew in. I was there when he came out of uh, came out of surgery, and I'm there for a couple of weeks. He didn't get a call. He didn't get a text. He didn't get a visit. And they just don't have the brotherhood that we do. It's just a very different thing, and it's built on what Woody taught us and what Ryan Day still talk, talks about today or teaches today. It's all about love. You got to love to compete. You got to love to hit. You got to love to do your studies and academics. You got to love to contribute in the community, but you got to love your teammate and love your brother. And then when you have those big Michigan wins and those champions and the Bulls, then you literally, you exuberate, you just celebrate. And it's a bond that lasts forever. It is really something special. Yeah. And, you know, you've touched on this before you and I've talked about this. You're quite heartened. And I think your former teammates are quite heartened by the fact that Current players have still still do that, still talk in that in that regard. I mean, uh, you know, obviously it's been fostered, you know, since you left, you know, by Earl Bruce, you know, John Cooper, but then uh, Jim Trestle um, really brought the brotherhood to bear, you know, made them yeah. learn the words to the to the uh, school song and then sing it in front of the band, win or lose at the end of a yeah. at the end of a game. Uh, Urban Meyer, you know, he lives and breathes it. 
He did. GA there, et cetera. And now, you know, Ryan Day, even Luke Fickle, you know, his interim head coach, but he pushed that also. It was huge to him, and he's pushing it at the University of Cincinnati now, trying to develop yeah. the same kind of thing. But that's just got to make you smile every time you hear these guys talk about their brothers, right? Absolutely. No question. And I'm, I'll, I'll, we'll be watching a game on TV. They'll be interviewing, and, and I'll, I'll say, Terry, you hear that? You know, because they'll, they'll talk about, hey, we're doing it for the brotherhood. And, yeah. you know, the, the kids today, they have a loyalty to each other, to their teammates, but they have a loyalty to the, to the past. They have a loyalty to the, you know, the, the history, you know, to the hierarchy. Yeah. And it's, some, it's something, you know, you don't want let, let, to let the brotherhood down, you know. And with few exceptions, they all, you know, the pros often refer to themselves as being from the Ohio State University, which uh, I would say think sends a tingle up your spine too, right? Because you probably do the, exactly the same thing. Yeah. Any kind of well, business you, meeting. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you, you remember and probably know Doug Worthington, yeah. you know, former Buckeye, played for the Oakland Raiders. And I talked to Doug about it and Doug said, hey, Tom, you know what? The years that I played at Ohio State, my teammates were my brothers. I played for the Raiders. They were my business partners. Yeah. One the same. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That was a really good way to put it. That's what I always tell guys in the NFL. That's why this is such a special time. Although, you know, who knows where it's going with everything that's going on, but it's such a special time because usually that guy that's coming in the door the next year or maybe the next month on your NFL team is sometimes he's trying to take your job, you know, and uh, right. it's yeah. a total different, uh, total different situation. Hey, I want to ask you this, Tom. Well, yeah. you personally, what what was a relationship or a, uh, uh, I don't know, a happening or an anecdote that you can re recall that, that kind of convinced you early on when you were at Ohio State that this existed, that this brotherhood existed? What was it that kind of told you you were in a little bit of a special place? Uh, it would have been my, after my sophomore year, Tim, you know, um, it was, a, it was a really good year for me being an offensive tackle at Ohio State and a sophomore. And I rotated between the right and left tackle. So if Tim Burke needed a breather or tweaked his ankle, boom, I was in. You know, if Joe Lukens had the same thing, I was in. So I played a lot. I was back and forth, right and left. I was pretty, um, Versatile. you know, kind of a, yeah, it's kind of a utility player. Yeah. But, but I played a lot. I played in all 11 games. We go 11 and 0. We go to the Rose Bowl. So I'm a sophomore at Ohio State playing lineman and I, and I, playing all 11 games, we go to the Rose Bowl. And then I earned the starting position going into my junior year, and it's in a spring ball, and I, and I blow out my knee really bad. And I told you I was born and raised in Illinois. My uh, my mother flies in from Illinois to be there for her son, having this major surgery. I had complete reconstruction done. But I'll never forget, Earl Bruce comes the night before my surgery. I'm having The day I got hurt, I'm having surgery, and the next morning at 7 a.m., I'm in Riverside Hospital. Earl comes in, and he brings the entire offensive team, all 22 guys. All 22 guys come in, and they said, you know, Tom, when somebody gets hurt, you got to wear a yellow jersey at practice. We came to present you with the yellow jersey, and they gave me this yellow number 78 jersey. And then some of the defensive players some certain trickling. I mean, you know, I got 50 guys that come to my room, you know, from the team that, you know, coming to see me because I got hurt and their brother is hurt. But here's the other part that I can almost not tell this story without getting a tear in my eye. So I go through some pretty major surgery the next morning, 7 a.m., yeah. complete left knee reconstruction. And I wake up in bed in my room, groggy from anesthesia. And there at the foot of my bed is my mother with Woody Hayes standing there with his arm around her. 
I hadn't been a player for him for three years. He's there with his arm around my mom. And this is back in the day, Tim, where you didn't have the arthroscopic surgery. I was completely yeah. laid open and I was in the hospital seven days. Woody came every single day. He brought me my assignments from class. He read to me. He took me to introduce me to other people when I finally could get, get up on crutches. If you remember the name Ernie Godfrey, the real yeah. good kicking coach, yes. Ernie was in critical condition in ICU at Riverside Hospital. I could get up on crutches. Woody took me up to meet him. And it changed my life forever. It, wow. the, old, the old adage, you win with people, was proven that week to me. And I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. Woody Hayes recruited you. You were you yep. were there in the transition from 78 to 79. Yeah. You know, there are a few hurricanes that have hit like that one did in, in Florida, uh, Jacksonville, Florida, that that late that night uh, and at the Gator Bowl. Yep. And uh, you you were there while they took up what a long time to find Earl Bruce to, to be the successor. Yeah. Just, how did the brotherhood get you guys through that, do you think? And this was prior to your obviously your knee injury, but uh, how did the how, you know, how did, how did you guys, you know, get through that? And what, you know, how tough was that to lose? You know, you're thinking you're going to play for a legend for four or five years. Maybe you had an inkling you weren't, you know, at that point. But but then all of a sudden this new guy comes in. But what was that like? What was that like to go through, Tom, you and your brotherhood? It was uh, it was almost like a light switch was, was flipped. I'll never forget when we landed in Columbus from the Gator Bowl. By the way, that's yeah. the best analogy yet. There was a light switch. Go ahead. Yeah, it was. And and I I never forget we landed the the team landed, the team plane landed in, in Columbus. It was a snowy, icy day after the Gator Bowl. Woody stands up on the on the microphone in the plane and talks to the team and, and he says, you know, for for all of you in-state kids, because we had about five days before classes started, so all the in-state kids could go home to Dayton and Toledo and Cleveland, Akron, et cetera. I was from Illinois. A couple of other kids were from out of state. He says, all you in-state kids, you get home and spend some really good time with your families, but make sure you get back on campus in time to make sure you're back in time for your classes and you're ready to start the next quarter really strong on your academics. And you in you out-of-state kids, behave yourselves on the end at Lane Avenue. That's what we were going to be saying at the Holiday on Lane Avenue. Yeah. Behave yourselves and you guys make sure you've got your books already purchased for class and you make sure you're ready to go for class. And then he says, and oh, by the way i'm not going to be your coach anymore and he hung up the hung up the microphone he went down the ramp out of the airplane right into a police cruiser and away he went and none of us saw him for a, a long time after that and then i started going into the rotc building and seeing him about once every few weeks just to sit and visit and, and learn and but i can remember in between that time all the out-of-state kids were at the in at holly lane holly in at the lane for about a week and all this stuff coming on about the about the new who the new coach was going to be, and they're talking, you know, Lou Holtz. It's going to be, you know, Eric Parsegan. It's going to be, you know, and they were going on war, like trying to figure it out. And and we're young kids, you know, we don't we don't quite understand the game, not the game, but I mean the the process and what's going on. And it's kind of like you wait to find out who your new stepfather is, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But we all came to Ohio State for two reasons. And, you know, let's put it all on the table. We came to, to win championships, but we came to play for Woody Hayes. Yeah, yeah. And we knew, and I knew when I was recruited, any school that I went to that I was being recruited by, I could have gone to Notre Dame, to Alabama, to USC, to, you know, I knew wherever I was going to go, I'm going to get a good, good education. So education was already a given. Then you went for, you know, for football. And, and, and the coach was the most important thing. 
And so we just lost the reason we came there and we're in a state of limbo, you know? Yes. And, uh, and Earl came in and he took it by the reins and he really did a heck of a job himself making that transition. And, and he was, uh, he was the right choice because Earl, as you know, was very, very fiery and we needed that type of an individual to, to fill in for Woody. Cause you know, Woody was off the charts and, uh, and, yeah. and Earl, Earl, Earl filled that gap. Yeah. And Earl was, Earl was a disciple of Woody Hayes. He was. I, mean, I mean, clearly was, I think that fit well too. I mean, he may have been different, but there were a lot of the same, same things that came through. Hey, uh, yeah. What was it like to to know, like you just said, you were you knew you were playing for a legend at under Woody A. I mean, you knew it when you showed up, right? I mean, yeah. and uh, well, just give people an idea without going, you know, because you could tell a million stories. But what was that moment? I mean, because obviously Woody had some challenges his last couple of years, uh, you know, from a physical standpoint, maybe even from a mental standpoint, uh, uh, keeping it all together at times. But what was that moment when you? kind of pinch yourself like, man, alive, this guy talking to me, this is Woody Hayes. You know what I mean? Uh, and when it really hits you, what, who he was and what he was all about. Um, well, you know, it was really interesting because it was, it really happened when I was recruited uh, because he came to the house in Illinois and he spent time with my, with my mom and dad and my brothers. Yeah. And, and the way in which he talked to my family was incredible. And when I can, I can remember coming home from practice my senior year and telling my mom and dad, hey, Davey Adolph called and Coach Hayes wants to stop by the house to meet you guys. And my mother said, absolutely not. I'm not going to have that heathen in my home. And I, I grabbed my dad and pulled him aside. I said, dad, you know, please go talk to mom, you know, convince her. I, I, I really would, would love to potentially go to Ohio State. But, you know, Coach Hayes is a legend. I, I really love this to happen. And they, you know, they figured it out and Coach Hayes came and, my dad was a metallurgical engineer at, at Caterpillar. My dad is in the living room talking properties of metals and metallurgy with my father. My dad's like, who is this guy that knows about metallurgical engineering? My brother was graduating in psychology. He's talking psychological properties to my, to my brother. And then he turns to my mother and he says, Mrs. Levinick, how did you raise such three wonderful sons? You know, I had two older brothers. And my mom just tears up and she goes, coach? with a lot of love, with a lot of love. And, wow. and, and he goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I thought you'd say. And he had them sold. And I'm sitting there, and he was reading passages from Robert G. Ingersoll to my parents out of, out of this book. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, I get a chance to play for this, this guy. Yeah. And I knew yeah. then that it was something special. And then one, one year there, and you're, and you're playing for Ohio State under Woody Hayes, every time we had a team meeting was an experience. He was always teaching and he was always motivating. And when I say teaching, wasn't teaching football. He was teaching philosophy and history, loved military history. And you hear everybody at Ohio State talking about pay forward, pay it forward. And Woody taught us to pay it forward. But everybody says, oh, Woody Hayes came up with that. Well, no, he didn't. Robert G, not Robert G. Um, shoot, I just drew a blank. Um very I know who you're talking about too, and I can't I can't remember because I, I Ralph, know about it was, this. It was yeah. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Yeah, Ralph Waldo and Ralph yeah. Waldo Emerson wrote the essay in the theory on compensation. And Woody would get up with that book and said, "Let me tell you about Ralph Waldo Emerson's theory on compensation. You can never pay back; you can only pay forward, cent for cent, 
line for line, deed for deed. I can remember it like yesterday. Wow. And he, he taught us those things. He didn't come up with it, but he taught us. And it was something really, really special. You know, you got Urban Meyer to write the forward, I think. Uh, is it this book or the next book? Is it this book or your second book? You got Urban to write the forward for it? Yeah, Urban for the second book, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that just tells you, I mean, you know, he de- he definitely, you know, definitely believed in the brother, the brotherhood, et cetera, uh, referred to it often. Uh, he does. But I just want to ask you one last thing before we get done here. Uh, yeah. Of, of all your teammates, who is that one guy that you, you think, and don't tell me about the guy you're looking at in the mirror, but who is that one guy that just personify either, either personifies it or personified it? I mean, I'm thinking of John Hicks was a guy that, you know, that, that I know you were familiar with and stuff yeah. as one fellow who always talked about the old man, about Woody, et cetera, but also about the brotherhood. He was really great at keeping, like you said, the dossier, you know what I mean? But, uh, Who's a, who's, a, who's a guy that you think just personifies that? That per- personifies the brotherhood and, yes. you know, what, what has been professed throughout. Because that's the one thing about the brotherhood. It's continued yes. from Woody all the way through to today, you know. Um, and, and, and I would tell you, for me to identify one is pretty difficult because there's a ton of them. You know, we that's all not fair. learn. Yeah. Well, it's not only not fair. Well, hey, hey, Tom, you just learned a lesson. Life is not fair. Now go ahead. You're right. You're right. Well, I mean, there, there are so many of us and I'm not trying to be fair to one or another. It's just that we all live the brotherhood. Yeah. You know, I could, I could pick out 10 guys that are that way. Those guys that I mentioned that were at my, at my bedside, you know, you, you go out of your way, you know, for your brother. Um, I'll tell you one that, that is really something very, very special is William White. And you know that William's got ALS. Yes. Um, William right now cannot move either arm, nor will he ever be able to. He's got a feeding tube permanently in his stomach because he cannot swallow. Yeah. But Chris Spielman was recently inducted into the Detroit Lions Ring of Honor. William White was there to, in, to induct him. William White got up, could not lift either arm, stood at the podium and inducted Chris Spielman because he wanted to be there for his Buckeye brother. Wow. And, and he overcame anything. He is a, he has a disease that has never been cured, but yet he's there for his Buckeye brother. And, and I, I would have to put William at the top of that list. William said the blessing in, in Terry's and my wedding, you know, and he had, he had, uh, you know, uh, ALS then. Yeah. Uh, it was very, very interesting that William and I even bonded even further because the day that he was diagnosed with ALS was the same day that I was diagnosed with brain cancer. Wow. And, and we bonded as Buckeye brothers and we've been close ever since. And he came to my aid and I came to his aid, you know, and wow. it's uh, it's what it's all about. Yeah. William's one of my favorite people ever, you know. Me too. Tough thing happened to him at Ohio State near, near the end there. But uh, <clears throat> wow, that's that's a, I, that gave me chills, man. Uh, I didn't know that about him introducing Chris. That's that's huge. Hey, yeah. last thing, on, at least in this session, because you and I are going to have a few more of these. Uh, we, as you explored this, the idea of, of doing a book on it, what, why did you think it needed to be, I don't know, documented? Because, uh, you know, it's a lot of times 
you need somebody, in my opinion, you know, I mean, a lot of people, I've written one book in my life and it, and it got canceled because uh, the guy got knocked out by Evander Holyfield. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's a long story. Uh, but, you know, sometimes when I'm at night, you know, back when I was a sports writer, when I was done writing for the day, I didn't feel like sitting down and writing anymore. You know what I mean? It's just, that's just the way it was. But it's great when a person comes along like you who was in the midst of it all and feels compelled to put it on paper, to put it down for the history books. Uh, but w- w- when did that really strike you that this needs to be documented? Well, uh, I told you about that. I, I told you about that gentleman. Yeah. But you had to have been, you had to have been, you, you've, you've had all this in your mind for a while. There's a big difference between becoming inspired and actually sitting down and doing it. You understand? I mean, believe me, I've done it all my life. Uh, but when, when did you, when did you, you know, did, did it have a momentum once you got going on it? The, the momentum was really that time when I had those gentlemen by my bedside. Uh, because I was already starting to write, but but I wasn't as inspired about it then until I lived those kind of stories myself. Yeah. And having lived it myself, then I knew of some of the others and even more started coming to my awareness that that I thought that they needed to see the light of the day and, they, and that it needed to be, uh, you know, shown to other people. But at the same token, Tim, uh, you know, I, I go back to what some of those teachings of the brotherhood were and with Woody would pay, pay it forward. Uh, I knew that I had a talent for writing. I knew that I had some experiences that a lot of other folks haven't had. And I thought if I brought those two things together, then I could also pay it forward. And so 20% of the proceeds from the first book, Buckeyes for Life, went to the Urban and Shelley Meyer Cancer Research Fund at the James. Um, I'm going I'm to split this one up on the next book where a percentage of the proceeds are going to go to the on our sleeve, the Ryan and Nina day on our sleeves fund at Asian white children's hospital. And then the, uh, another percent of the proceeds are going to go to the beyond the goal line fund for, uh, former players in need at, at Ohio state. And it's all athletes. It's not just football. And I learned that I could use my talent. That was a good way for me to be able to, to pay forward and to help others. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause I mean, that was my motivation. You're, you're the cosmopolitan guy, my man. Let me last, last question. I know I said that, but my calling card is asking three more after that, but this definitely, cause I'm running out of time. Yeah, uh, good. Does Ryan day get it? Absolutely. What, what tells you that Ryan day gets it about the brotherhood, just about what, what he's in charge of. Uh, he is so concerned with his players well-being during and after being a Buckeye, that, that it's all about the family. It's all about the brotherhood. It's all about love. He, he recruits with that word, with that word love. And he has a, a passion that I haven't seen in, in a long time, you know, and, and players every bit as much as Woody and Urban did, if not more. And that's tough for me to say, if not more, but he is, we're very blessed to have Ryan Day as our coach. We got a special guy. When you hear him say things like, you know, even in recruiting, they don't go after just everybody, you know, or anybody. They yeah. have to fit. I mean, you know, it's not like it's a cult, but they have to fit, right? That that has to warm, warm your heart to hear him saying, basically, this is a special situation here. Are you the right person for it, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, you know, and, and there's Warren where it's cascaded to today. I told you that story about Woody in, in the living room of my house recruiting me. Woody recruited the family. 
he never asked me a question that night until, yeah, until, until he was leaving because I was going to Notre Dame the next day. He said, hey, don't let him Golden Dome you. You and Tom uh, Cousineau have almost the same story there. Go ahead now. Yeah. Don't let him yeah. Golden Dome you. I love that. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, but um, no, I mean, it, it is uh, it, it's really cascaded and, and he lives it, you know, and yeah. um, more than, you know, more than anybody. I just lost my train of thought thinking about Woody again, but but um well, we're just talking about Ryan. Like, no, I mean, well, yeah, Ryan Day, he's just the exact same way. And he has a he has a saying. I don't know if you heard it. He said it to me more than once where he says, Tom, I recruit character, yeah. not characters. Yes. With the floor. I recruit character, not characters. And, and that's something that's very special about Ohio State. Because if you recruit the family, you recruit the love, you recruit the character and integrity. When times get tough in that fourth quarter, man, you're going to come together and you're going to win that game. That's, that's exactly the way right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you're not going to turn on each other after things don't necessarily go well. I mean, that's that's very interesting. It hey, is. Tom Levening, uh, appreciate you joining the Tim May podcast. We're going to do it again, of course, as I promised you. Uh, we're going to preview the uh, the next book coming out. But, uh, man, I appreciate you joining me, my man. Anytime, my friend. I appreciate you as well. And uh, have a good rest of your week. And, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again. You got it, ladies and gentlemen. Until next time, this is Tim May. We'll see you then. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.